Well, greetings to everyone in Jesus' name this morning. It's good to be here in the house of God this Lord's Day. And uh, I've been blessed being here. Trust you have too. Well, I have a message to share with you this morning. I... uh, I have a bit of weakness in my voice yet. I'm using my crutches, known as cough drops. (laughs) Hope that will get me through, but I trust the Lord will give me strength to preach uh, if I don't get too excited or carried away here. The message this morning is not necessarily uh, directly related to Bible school, although it's uh, very applicable. Uh, But we sang the song this morning about rescue the perishing, care for the dying. And so... In zeal, we, in our heart, we... Decide that's what God wants me to do. Rescue the perishing. Willing to go wherever he leads. And so in pursuit of that calling of God, we pack our bags and then the door closes. And here we are, ready to go. And it just seems like It's not going to work. So the message this morning is for um, several couples from our fellowship here in particular. It's uh, Michael's who have just returned to Haiti for Jonathan's who are intending to return and for Tyler's who aren't sure where they're going. But I have uh, maybe a little bit of a unique ability to relate somewhat to some of the feelings because a little over 30 years ago, my wife and I were making plans to go to the mission field. We had been asked specifically to help in a certain place, in this case it was Belize, and We had consented to go, so we made all our preparations. We packed our bags. And so the goods that we were planning to go uh, take with us, we had piled in boxes. It was in our living room, just one substantial pile. And all the other stuff we had either sold or packed up. The house we were in was um, already... Uh, committed to someone else to live in when we vacated. And just a week before departure, we had only the last uh, few issues to take care of. Uh, Suddenly the plans fell through, the door closed, and here we were literally all packed up and no place to go. Now that puts things in a pretty serious light because suddenly all your um, options have really narrowed down. And it's not what you planned. So that's my message this morning. A bit of that heart of just uh, wanting to be an encouragement specifically to these three couples that I mentioned but some of these principles are, are um, they apply to all of us. The scripture tells us that the just shall live by faith. And if I were to give this a title, I would say walking by faith. And in situations like this, 
our faith is tested a bit more, maybe than than the ordinary day. And that's maybe when it comes to mind that we really need to be walking by faith. Well, it's really true anytime. But especially in situations like this, it tests our faith. And I I know and understand a bit of the wrestlings of your mind. Now for myself, I'm 30 years past that particular event, and I can tell you a little bit of how it went. But for those living in it now, it's not so easy to see. Just like it was for me back then, I couldn't see very far ahead. Not very far at all. But in one week, something needs to change. That was the situation we faced. I want to look at some of the experiences that the apostles had in the book of Acts as a bit of a foundation for the message. And we are going to start in Acts chapter 13. You can open your Bibles to that. Acts chapter 13 and the first few verses. Let's just read the first um, four verses. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed from Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And then so on. And you know the ministry that they had. Now in this passage, what we read here sounds fairly straightforward. There was a church here, a group of believers, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. They had hands laid on them, and they went. It's just almost what we might think of a linear flow of, here's a church, here's believers, Uh, the call comes for men to go, and it's by the direction of the Holy Ghost, everything is clear, they lay hands on them, and away they go, and, and off they are to the work. Well, let's consider, before we go farther here, just a few of the things related to this, and then we'll pick up the story a bit as we go along. But I want you to consider, first of all, a general call. What I mean by a general call is that From the time, and I'm thinking here particularly of Saul, who was later called Paul. But you know, his conversion was a divine appointment with God. God reached down and touched Saul and called him. Not according to Paul's own agenda, but according to God's purpose. And God had a a work for him. He had a plan. And he wanted um, Saul to be a minister to the Gentiles. And he gave him a, 
uh, in a sense, a commission. He specifically told Paul he wants him to go. He's going to go unto the people, to the Gentiles, and and you know that years later, many years later, Paul was able to testify that he had not been disobedient unto that heavenly vision. God gave him that vision, and Paul obeyed him. That all looks very linear, if you will. But you know, it wasn't all that easy. Paul had many setbacks, oppositions. He had things that he had to endure. God didn't hide that from him. He said, there's going to be things you're going to have to endure for my name's sake. Now, you may say, well, I have not heard so directly from God with an audible voice from heaven as to what I'm supposed to do in life or what I'm supposed to accomplish. And that's true. It is not God's normal way of doing things, I might add. But there is a call for all of us. Every one of us have been called in you just keep your finger there in Acts 13, but if you want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And we'll just stop there. We've been saved, I trust. If you haven't, you can be saved. But he has called us, and he, call, and he says here, it is a holy calling. And you know the name, the word holy means to be set apart or separate, um, sanctified for holy use. It's not just for common or ordinary. It is a holy calling. And that is true. Every one of us has that general call that God has asked us to step out of this world system and be separated unto God for His purpose. Not according to our works, not according to our own agendas or ambitions, desires. They are to be laid on the altar, and we are to be made vessels sanctified and meet for the Master's use. That is the general call, and... The emphasis, or what I'd like for you to think about here in this general call, is that that call is for every one of us as a, um, it should be in the back of our mind that God has something for me to do. I'm not here just to exist um, and kind of coast along. God has something for me to do. And I fear when people lose sight of that, it seems they soon get sidetracked. And the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches and, and the hardness of the journey, the difficulty, the stony ground, if you will, things don't sprout and things don't grow and they get choked out when you lose sight of the fact that God has called us with a holy calling. And he's got something for us to do. So there's a general call. What about a specific call? 
I can't go through the whole story of Paul. But in this case here, we have Paul some years after his conversion. Quite a few years, actually, I believe, if the account, uh, if we put it together, it seems like this could have been 14, 15 years, uh, maybe a bit more, after his conversion, before he is here in his, what you might say, his first missionary journey. So here they have, in the church at Antioch, prophets, teachers, and he names here Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. Is that, what, five of them? And the way it's given here, it seems to me these men were qualified men. They were prophets, teachers. And so they're here before the Lord. They're fasting and praying, and God chooses two of them. Now let's think for a minute about the other three. Are they just passed over by God as having no special call? I don't think so. If these men were truly prophets and teachers, I think they should have taken courage that God has made plain what he wants the other two to do. And meanwhile, the other three of us We'll stay right here and keep serving the Lord. And we're going to work for the Lord because this is where God has called us. These two are being sent to a specific work. Our work is here. And so, just because you haven't been called to a distant land and you're not necessarily called the missionary who's going out to win the lost or rescue the perishing. You still have a place in God's kingdom. And you need to put your mind to it with diligence. For it is out of such that the Lord does select people to go. The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul. Now, I have often asked myself the question out of this passage is, how did the Holy Spirit say that? You don't really find that the Holy Spirit speaks with an audible voice from heaven. I mean, the Father can and does. So I'm doubtful that it was an audible voice from heaven in their midst that said this. How did the Holy Spirit say it? And we're going to find in a further example that the Holy Spirit spoke again. Uh, and again, probably not in an audible voice. Well, I'm making a little assumption here, but... Based on what we read through the book of Acts and in the New Testament, I would conclude that probably the Holy Spirit spake to them in their thoughts and minds and the collective discussions. Perhaps its suggestion was put forward that these two ought to go uh, by one of the brothers. May have even been the two of them. And it was considered among the brethren, and they being led by the Holy Ghost concluded this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now I don't know if that's exactly how it went, but we do have the clear word of Scripture here that it was the Holy Ghost that was telling them what to do. I'm simply saying when we go about making decisions and plans, it's generally not an audible voice from heaven that says, go there. 
or go here and you stay or things like that. But we do need to have the sense that the Holy Spirit will and is guiding us in our decisions. And because that is important when the doors close and the plans change and we're not sure. We need to have a confidence that we are walking step by step by faith and that it is God that is guiding us. So, the two were sent. With fasting and prayer, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And so they went on their journey. Now I would like to talk a little about what I call initiative. It doesn't really say it here in this passage at all. We'll see it a little more directly in the other passages, but in the context of the general call and the specific call, where does this matter of personal initiative come in? And it is my persuasion that God is pleased with young men, and and this could be perhaps to a lesser extent for the sisters, but focusing here on thinking of preaching and teaching and missions and whatever, I believe God is pleased with initiative. For a young man to just sit there with no dreams and no visions and no plans and really not putting his heart to the work, probably not going to accomplish very much. I believe God wants to put visions and dreams and goals in, uh, in the heart of young men in order to accomplish his work. He that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good work. Now, James does warn us not to be many masters, lest we should receive the greater condemnation. But Paul said that desiring the office of a bishop is a good thing. If I put those two together, I'm thinking... What he's saying is that the desire, that uh, initiative, that motivation to do God's work is a good thing. Just to have a desire to be in charge and rule over others, that is not a good thing. That's not the focus. We are to do it not by constraint, but willingly. We are to do it with some initiative and zeal. That does need to be tempered a bit. And I'll just uh, put in a bit of my own experience. A bit of what led us up to that place I mentioned where we were all packed up and no place to go. For some time prior to that, I had visions and ambitions that there ought to be churches, you know, biblical New Testament churches more than just in Kelowna, Iowa. And there ought to be, I mean, what's wrong with the western half of the state? I mean, I don't know of any Mennonite churches out there and say that because we were in a Mennonite church and, and if we believe uh, what we're living you know we should have more of them but certainly uh, you know a New Testament church 
And what's wrong with the western half of the state? I mean, shouldn't there be churches out there? I would think along the lines of, you know, there's 99 counties in Iowa, and every one of them has a county seat for, there might be anywhere from 2,000 to 10,000 people. And wouldn't it be God's will to have a church in every one of those? I mean, well, yeah, there's churches out there, but... So out of that, God sort of put in my heart, I think, just the need. And and maybe I could be involved somehow. And, you know, that there's churches out there. And there was another couple that we were in communication with, and they seemed to have a similar vision, and we had we talked about it and prayed about it, and praying that God would raise up churches, and we had in mind that we might just move out there somewhere and start a church. But in the process of time, and, and we actually, we, like I said, we prayed and we even made some inquiries about who might help us in leadership and none of that came through. And, and then we realized that we're probably not completely united in vision. And so that kind of, it, it eventually shut down as far as any focus. And we just kind of, Settled in our mind that this, you know, this is not going to work out. And I'm very thankful that it did because it would have been a disaster if at that point we had gone out under the, the mind that we had at the time. God had a lot of... <clears throat> God had a lot of work to do in me. <laughs> I was not anywhere close to ready, even though I had zeal. I thought this is what would be, you know, pleasing to the Lord. Well, on the heels of that, we got a request from our church to be uh, helpers in Belize at the mission there. Now, for me personally, though I knew very well about the church mission in Belize, and I certainly wasn't opposed to visit, but I must admit in my heart I had thought that was probably not where I would want to go. Well, you know, God has a way of working some willingness in our hearts. So when we got this specific request, I was, I was ready to lay it before the Lord, which we did. We, we sought the Lord and we prayed. And I just, in my heart, I, I felt I should say yes. I did not feel any rest in my spirit to just say no and no, we won't go. And so we consented to go. And so we set our mind to... to um, to go to Belize, and we were, I think, if I remember right, it's going to be a two-year commitment. And so, as I mentioned, we packed everything up, and we were on the verge of going, when, because of church situations, and realizing that um, due to all the church turmoil, it was not a good situation in which we'd be going and would only be continual uh, distress. And I won't go into all the details of that, but it became clear in my mind that this is not going to work. And so we concluded the door is closed and we're not going. And at this point, we are only one week away from departure intended departure anyway.
And so that calls for some prayer. We'll put that story on hold for a moment and go back to our text here and moving on to some of the other passages. We are in chapter 13. Let us go over to chapter 14. And verse 26. It says, And thence sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended. So they've now come full circle. They went out, they were preaching, and... They had God working through them. There were people that were converted. Churches were established. Uh, Churches were strengthened and encouraged. And so they've now come full circle back to their starting point in Antioch. And it says, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. What I want to note there is they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work. And I'm lifting that up as an important ingredient for any work of God is that we are commended to the grace of God. We go out in the knowledge that the grace of God is with us. And if we we, um, define grace as the enabling power of God to do His will. Now that's, there is grace on a personal level where we can live a holy life before God. There is also grace to fulfill the will of God. And the important thing as we're going in the grace of God, is to have the mind of Christ in us. And that mind, Jesus stated repeatedly, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. An oft-repeated theme. He does nothing other than what he hears the Father say. And so on. And so when we go out, it needs to be that we go recommended to the grace of God for the work. And I believe that is how we send out the couples from here. We recommend them to the grace of God to accomplish the work whereunto God has called them. Okay, let's uh, go a little farther here. Over to chapter 15. And verse 36. Well, maybe we should look at verse 35. It says, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, and I think it seems to me this is initiative. He says, let us go again. And visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Initiative. In this setting, it doesn't give a clear statement that God told them to, but it's a good idea. And I believe beyond a good idea, it was also a fulfillment 
of the general call that Paul had to take the message to the Gentiles. This was part of his work. And so with that general call, having fulfilled some of his specific call, he is here, they're laboring, and he says, Barnabas, let's go and visit all the churches where we were and, uh, and see how they do. Well, verse 37, And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from him from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Perhaps he saw Mark as a shirker. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Now this has been an oft-debated passage as to why these two men had a contention and why it was so sharp. And they went their own separate ways. And it surely wasn't the will of God. And I would say... Yeah, it shouldn't have been that way. It wouldn't seem like it because there's nowhere that we're recommended to dissensions and contentions. Rather the opposite. And I think on the one hand it, it is an example of their humanity. And maybe, I don't know who was at fault here. It does seem that later this thing was resolved in a more peaceable way and, and the issues that caused this contention were resolved. Praise God for that. And I'd like you to note here in verse 40 it says, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. There it is again. By the grace of God, they, they were sent out to the work. And so they went. And chapter 16, they came to Derby and Lystra, uh, met Timotheus there. And down in verse 5 it says, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now this gets a bit to the heart of my message here. They're out here on a missionary journey. They have taken initiative even, I believe. And here, they want to go to Asia. Specifically, it says they essayed, which means they attempted or tried to go into Bithynia. Now, is there anything wrong with their desires, their endeavors, their... Um, plan to go to Asia or Bithynia? And my conclusion is no. There was nothing wrong with that at all. It was in accordance with their general vision. It was even in accordance with their specific uh, commission. And God loves the people of Asia. And he loves the people of Bithynia. He's not willing that any of them should perish. But here the Holy Ghost forbade them to go to Asia. And it's those kind of things that sometimes cause wrestling in our mind. Didn't I hear from God? Why is God shutting the door here? Well, here is where we walk by faith. And we say, okay, it may look quite ordinary. It may look like I got myself into this mess all by myself. For us, we had our bags packed 
and no place to go. Tylers have made plans to go to India. And even though they did know this possibility existed, that the door would close, you still, in order to, to make it, when the door is open, you have to do some preparation ahead of time. So plans are made, preparations, the church okays it and blesses it, assistance is given, preparations are made, and then the door closes. Just closed. Done. At least for now. And in this case, it's not just Tyler's, it's the other couples, the other churches, the other, you know, plans. Just shifted. It would be my feeling that that is not unlike what they experienced here. They wanted to go to Asia. They attempted to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit said, no. Why? It doesn't really say. But we know from the rest of the account that God did have a place for them to go. Let's read further here. It says, And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. So, they got a no, and they didn't just sit there at that spot, they kept moving. Not far, maybe no major work being accomplished in, in their minds, it wasn't really where they had wanted to go, but they kept moving to the next step. And I think that's a good plan. You don't just sit in despair and say, well, there's, you know, am I being punished? Is this unfair? Or... No, they just, they kept moving. And then it says in verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called for us to preach the gospel unto them. And we are tempted when we read that to think, ah, if I just had a vision like that, then everything would be clear. And I would know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm not saying that God doesn't do that at any time, even to the present. However, I would say most times it seems a lot more ordinary than that. And that is, it may come through other brethren. It may be a different door of opportunity. It might not seem like it's quite as big or quite as grand as what we had planned to do. For example, Michael's and Jonathan's going to Haiti with visions for long term. You know, we have our plans laid up here, in a sense. When I say laid up, I mean there's, you know, you're expecting it's going to be a long term. And then suddenly, situation arises and you come back here because of the unrest there and it's not what you planned, it's different. And there's questions, wrestling of your mind. And my encouragement is just trust God. The counsel of the brothers, the encouragement. Uh, God isn't disappointed with you. God isn't punishing you. You haven't lost the cause. Or It's just walking by faith. And many times that means... If I could borrow Brother Mickey's illustration, that dime-sized hole, we don't see the big canvas. And God, many times, just expects us to take a step at a time. And the example from this passage is that God clearly had something in mind. 
And I believe God has just as surely a plan in mind for us. If I go back to my own account and the story, within a day or two we got a call from Jewel's sister in Oregon with a request that I come out there and teach school because that's what I had done here. They needed a teacher, and so that is what we did. The door opened for us to go, and we went there, ended up being there two and a half years before we moved back to Iowa, and eventually, in process of time, were involved in the beginning of the church here at Zion. Now, as I reflect back on that, I can say clearly it was God's leading us to Oregon. He opened a door, but going back to that point in time, I would not have been quite so sure to tell you that, oh yes, marvelous, marvelous opportunity from God. You know, it it just seemed like a, you know, just kind of a last uh, minute you know, alternative to what the bigger plan should have been. But I recognize it that it was God's will. The door opened. We simply stepped into that next uh, plan. And, and when I say the next plan, all we saw was to the end of that school year, which would have been less than six months, We didn't know what we're going to do beyond that at the time that we went. But in time, we ended up being there two and a half years. And and yet, when I look back, I can see clearly the providence of God in in our path. So to Michael's, Jonathan's, It's the providence of God in your path. I don't understand it all. You don't understand it all. But let's have faith. Faith in God that this was part of the providence of God. For Tyler's, maybe it's not quite so clear. What is God's next step? And it doesn't always come to us immediately. There may be times of waiting and We don't know. It is comforting when we get to a place where we can assuredly gather that the Lord has called us to go here or go there. But meanwhile, we walk by faith. Well, you know the next part of the story. They ended up going to Philippi which was in the region of Macedonia. And there they were cast into prison. But God delivered them out of the prison and a church was begun at that place. And so the work proceeded. And I think that's about all we have time for this morning. In summary, I would just reiterate some of the points in that, first of all, there needs to be, there is a general call. God places specific calls, but many times it's not just a straight, linear path without some um, difficulties and obstacles and things that went differently than what we planned. Maybe I should finish on my own story. The fact that we were then involved here at the beginning of Zion Fellowship was a, even though it was just sort of a step-by-step, 
as I look back and reflect, it seems to me that God opened the door for me to work in my calling. And the interesting thing is that with the passage of time and God working and refining, He did enable me to assist in the work of a church being established in western half of Iowa. And sometimes that uh, seems... I know it wasn't an accident. It wasn't what I had in mind to begin with. And as I look back, I know that God had much work to do in me. And it was through those series of things that God allowed to work in my life to prepare me for some of that, maybe what we call the bigger picture. So, my encouragement to the three couples and by extension to all of us, especially youth who, you know, your, your life stretches before you as, a, as an unwritten page or what, whatever you want to call it. Not a, you, you don't really see the future. Well, just purpose to seek a place in God's kingdom, to move forward when God opens the doors, Take some initiative to seek out God's will, but in that be willing to be guided by the church, by your brethren who walk with you, and by the direction of the Holy Ghost into the specific ways and areas that God wants you to move and, and work. And let the will of the Lord be done. Amen.